Folks, the best value at Manager Tools is to buy an annual license to our material. For $200 a year, you get access to show notes for every single show produced, over 100 a year, plus our entire archive of nearly a thousand shows. You wouldn't want to print it out all in one place. It'd be a management Wikipedia, and it'd be probably 5,000 pages. You get all that, plus access to things I think I think, and even more powerfully, the interview creation tool, which may be our strongest and most least known digital tool that we have, and more digital tools to come in the future, available only to licensees. Ask another licensee they'll tell you it is the best value they have. Welcome to Manager Tools. Our guidance on your first meeting with your new direct in our series, Relationships Matter. Here we go. Okay, Danny, we've started the uh, series of meetings. We've made some recommendations on series of meetings that managers ought to have with new directs, whether they're young professionals or people who are just joining the team. We've covered some other topics like be honest and be timely and so on. And this week, we're going to talk about relationships matter. You know, even if somebody started with you before, um, if you want to be a really effective manager, it may be that person is not predisposed to build, create, maintain relationships. And we recommend that if you want to be an effective manager, if you want to get the most out of your people, you have to teach them the importance of relationship building within the organization. I think we're so busy particularly, I think, well, maybe not particularly anytime. I think we're really busy focusing on results and getting the most results out of our, out of our new directs. Um, you know, we're, we're looking for making sure that they understand the job and, right. and the, what's expected of them that we probably fail to communicate the underlying principles that matter to us as managers and to the organization. And one of those is the importance of relationships with other people like it or not, some folks don't like this, um, which I think is understandable, but whether we like it or not, not everything gets done through the chain of command. Um, a lot in organizations is about having great relationships and I would even say friends, right? In kind of yeah. Joey air quotes, friends yeah, yeah. Uh, in the company to get stuff done. So we're going to teach you how to help your new direct get off on the right foot. Yeah. If we don't expect our directs to create and maintain relationships outside of our team, guys, our directs will always come to us to utilize our network. Our network will then become fatigued and they won't have created their own. And if they don't create their own, ours, in addition to getting fatigued, also doesn't get strengthened by the connection between our network of relationships and theirs. And I think too, if our directs are using our network, then we're we're not giving back to our network, right? And then exactly. when we need something uh, and we go to call on that person, they might not be as likely to because they view that they viewed that they did a favor for our direct as doing a favor for us. Yeah, which they which is absolutely true, right? Yeah. Yeah. And to some degree, it's not enough that we believe in relationships, guys and that we work to create and maintain them. It's important for us and our team in the organization to set a standard that others follow about internal network development. So here's how it might sound. We're having weekly meetings with this new direct for the first five, six, seven, eight weeks, bringing him or her up to speed. And one of your meetings will start with something like this. Um, 
part of being on my team is building strong relationships outside of our team. It's not enough to just get results, to just do what your job is. If you just get your own results and you don't work to create relationships with people around you, you're not a team player in my mind. You have to not just tolerate working with other people. You actually have to be good at it. And I don't want people on my team who aren't polite and kind and have relationships that they can reach out to periodically when they need help. Less gets done through formal channels than most people care to admit. So I want to be able to count on you knowing your teammates well. That's obviously hugely important. And I rely on you to get along with them, but also other people in the organization. There are some people and places we deal with all the time. I expect you to know people there. I want you to be able to call a friend when you need something versus relying on official channels or having me reach out to somebody's manager every time you reach a roadblock because you don't know anybody there because you don't have a friendship because you think the solution is when nobody responds to your email after a week to send another email with a little bit of an edge to it, which is just insanely dumb, by the way. <laughs> if email didn't work the first time, what do you, why do you, why would anyone think? Uh, unless they had a great deal of power, um, why would anyone think that a a more direct letter expressing some frustration or hinting at it through words and conveyed tone, why would we think that would work? Be like, I got, a got away with ignoring this guy for a week. He doesn't have any role power over me, and now I get this tone that he's threatening me? So the point I'm making here is relationships matter and I'm going to hold you accountable for creating and maintaining relationships. And actually I got ahead of ourselves because really we started and I didn't even go through the outline. So let me do that. Now um, we've got six points we want to make here. First relationships matter. I just covered that. Right. You, you know, Danny, I don't think I've ever done that before. I don't think I've ever <laughs> not given the outline. Um, second point is within the team and with others. Third, you got to be willing to introduce yourself. Four, you got to stay in touch because frequency matters. Relationships decay like everything else. You got to be trustworthy. Trust is the key, not just likability. So for those of you who aren't, don't think of yourself as a schmoozer, you're okay. Trustworthiness is what matters. And the last point, reciprocate. It's about giving and not getting. Okay. So let's pick up where, we, where I left off, which is <laughs> point number two, within the team and with others as well. So the first part to cover is that's the part that you just said, Mark, right? Which is explaining matter, yeah. to your directs that relationships matter. Yeah. And I guess I should say this, this cast does take the form of an extended sort of speech to the direct. Right. If you want to use this speech, of course you can. Um, you don't have to, but we're assuming in this case that we don't have to lay out the outline of the speech um, because it's a fairly straightforward topic we've got here. We'd rather just give you the speech, allow you to infer the whys, which in many cases we state them explicitly uh, in order to be clear in our communications with our direct. But we just thought we'd make it a speech. You don't have to give the speech. You could choose to excerpt out the key points and, and create your own speech. But for those of you who want to save a little bit of time and trust our tone of voice, here you go. So, Danny, why don't you continue our guidance with, uh, within the team and others as well? Right. So the next part of the speech is exactly that. It's explaining to your direct that relationships matter with people inside your team, your other directs, and then obviously with people outside. So it's going to sound something like this. Of course, 
this all starts with a team. If you build great relationships outside of our team, but you don't fit in with me or your peers, then that's not good. I expect you to be a good teammate to the people that you're working with. That means probably everything that you think it means, right? That means you've got to help out. Uh, I expect you to pitch in, definitely be polite, uh, do what you say you're going to do. Don't tell somebody you're going to do something and then not do it. Uh, I expect you to volunteer. I expect you to raise your hand when, when somebody says, hey, I need some help with something. I expect you to say, how can I help? What can I do? Um, I expect you to, again, meet your commitments. Uh, I expect you to know what your peers are going through, what things are, are on, on their desks, what things are on their, their responsibilities and, and both inside work. And I expect you to know about what they're going through outside work. If somebody, right. some one of your teammates going through a tough time or, or just had a new baby, that's going to impact things. I expect you to know about that making adjustments accordingly based on what you know about what they're going through. Sometimes this means that we're not all going to be in a great mood, right? And sometimes um, we might get a little short with each other. And I expect you to understand that sometimes that just happens and to smile. And when somebody on your team isn't having a great day, um, I expect you to reach out to them and ask them how you can help and right. not, not ignore the, the frustration or the stress that you can see your teammates are going through. Right. Uh, I want to hear from all of the team. I want to hear from everybody else, all your other peers that after a couple of weeks, I want them to say about you, hey, boss, this person is great. This also means, continuing the speech, that you need to have solid relationships outside the team. Right. As I've mentioned, this is inside the team and outside the team. I don't I surely don't think that you're going to know all the key players next week. You don't need to. But the first two or three weeks are about the team. Right. But within a month or so, look, you've got to start getting up from your desk. You got to go see people. You got to walk around. Let them see you. Uh, you cannot get by with relationships that only exist by email. <laughs> OK, you yeah. can't think that you've got great relationships with people because you email with them you'll fool yourself into thinking that you have a friend, but really one of the rules about friends is we actually know what they look like. <laughs> so you got to go around and, and let people see your face, put the face with the name. Yeah. I, I say this all the time, Danny, when I'm talking to organizations, I think, I think actually somebody just retweeted a, a quote I put in, I think they grab, grabbed it from show notes recently. It must've been a licensee who gets copies of the show notes where I said, um, getting better at email won't make you a better manager. Um, and I say all the time to people when we're presenting effective manager conferences, either at clients or at our public conferences, um, I say uh, email is about efficiency. It allows you to communicate with more people faster, but it's not about effectiveness because effectiveness is about getting your message across. There are certain cases, of course, where efficiency is effectiveness, answering the question of, do you want ham or turkey for lunch and writing back turkey? That's easier to have a person send out a broadcast email than pass a note around and have you write it in um, in pencil the way it was done years ago when somebody was getting lunch orders for a lunch oh, meeting gosh. or something like that. You make right? me feel old. It's been, <laughs> it's been a while, but yeah, that's true. And And here's the problem, okay? Friendships are about effectiveness, which is about serving the other people person and knowing the other person emails about efficiency 
you are not going to build the kind of relationships you need to have to be a successful professional in the modern workforce simply by emailing people. You can create a relationship, and if you create a strong relationship with someone, if they move somewhere else, you can maintain that relationship quite well through email. But you cannot create and maintain relationships by email. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Well, but Mark, I have. I met a person through email. I've never met him, and we actually have a good relationship. And, and what Danny and I are telling you is, no, you don't. You are exchanging emails. That is not a relationship. It's not. A relationship is something that stands the test of time. A relationship is something that in the professional world, what we're talking about is someone who will do a favor for you. And what we've learned the hard way, me and many others, is that email gives you the appearance of a relationship, but like we say, a, a friend, a true relationship, not that friendship is our standard here, but it's a good analogy, it's a good analog for it. We know what that person looks like. And you got to be careful. And I would say to those of you in the technology world, you're particularly bad at this. You invented email. You love it. It allows you to, quote, stay in touch with, unquote, lots of people. But that is not what people are made of. People are not digital creations. They're sinew and bone. And seeing them matters periodically. For better or for worse. Yeah. I exactly. always, yeah. <laughs> one of the questions I always ask myself if I'm thinking about my relationship with somebody and trying to determine in my head, right, do I have a good relationship with this person or not? I ask myself, if I were moving, would they come help me move? <laughs> ah, that's the good one. Yeah, the definition of a friend is somebody who'll help you move house, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, okay, so let's continue our guidance. The next point, we're going to tell our direct that they need to introduce themselves. So here's how I would say it. Look, you have to go meet people. If they're in the building that we work in, you have to go find them. You have to know where they sit and who sits around them and who their boss is and what kind of person their boss is. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is go meet them. Walk up to them, smile, stick out your hand and say, hi, I'm Travis McGee. We've been exchanging emails. I'm the new guy in Myers team or the new guy in corporate real estate. Nice to meet you. And look, if a person doesn't work in this building, make up a reason to go see them in their building on campus or across town. Look, ideally, you'll have a reason for it. There's a meeting over there or whatever. Don't ever go to a meeting or an event or a function if this company's in another building in our campus or in town that you don't think about, hey, who works in that building I'm going to that I know or want to know and by whom could I stop, by, could I stop and say, hey, and look, if you need a little help on how to introduce yourself, that's pretty normal. It's pretty easy. You make eye contact, stick out your hand and say, hello, I am. Um, and it's amazing to me. Clearly, people don't know how to do it because I do this all the time. And people say, oh, hi. I feel like they're describing the town they grew up in in California. Oh, hi. Um, <laughs> like, dude, seriously? I mean, in Texas, we used to have a saying, didn't your mama teach you nothing? like how to introduce yourself. If a person comes up to you, yeah. sticks out your hand and says, hi, I'm Joe. There's actually a gene. It may be recessive lately, which is, oh, hi, I'm Mark, right? It's just a given. In fact, I'll take it a step further. If someone sticks out their hand and says their name to you and looks you in the eye, they're introducing themselves to you. Your lack of knowledge that the social 
construct, the social appropriate behavior is to say hi back in some fashion and, and say your name, your lack of knowledge is equivalent to a considered snub. In other words, you're superior to them and you're basically snubbing them. And guys, this is what culture and civilization is. These, these mores of behavior, these standards of behavior have, have evolved over time. You're not the next generation. You're not Sheldon Cooper, Uberman, that gets to evolve to the next level. You're not. This is normal. And you may think that's not the way you want society to be, but the fact is, it is. So, Again, you can go listen to our podcast about how to introduce other people. Danny, I am embarrassed to admit that we've never actually done a podcast on how to introduce yourself, so we need to do that. Yeah. But you would say to your direct, look, if you want to practice, I'll help. Come by my office sometime and say, can I introduce myself? Sure, let's do that. Um, and by the way, it's probably one of the unsung things, but it's one of the 10 most important socially interactive behaviors that exist in the world. It's super awkward when yeah. you introduce yourself and somebody doesn't say anything back. Every week at conferences, this happens. And I'm always in my head like, how do I politely say what's your name? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's also super awkward if somebody walks up into your area, clearly makes eye contact with you, and then doesn't introduce themselves. Right? Yeah. Either side of the coin, the, the initiator or the responder, either one. I got to tell you, I used to sit in a cubicle area and people come into my area and they don't know what they're doing. I stand up and say, hey, can I help you? Hi, I'm Mark. Uh, and people, I, there are people now who say, you know, I'm too busy for that. I'm like, are you insane? Are, I mean, you're not that busy. You're just self-important. I see people who tell me they're busy and they're like, I look at their calendar. They've got three open hours on their calendar. Not that having a full calendar is necessarily the only criteria of busy. And they say, well, that's when I do email. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're just, okay, so you're really inefficient. So don't come back to me in a month and tell me you're not comfortable doing it. You have to do this. You have to introduce yourself to people. The sooner you start, the sooner it'll become comfortable uh, or at least tolerable. You have to do this, full stop. Uh, and look, some people here in our firm work on other continents or in other countries. So you're not gonna be able to meet them face to face, okay? And that's okay. You can stay in touch with that person by phone or by email. So, look, you're not going to be able to meet people who work in other continents unless, or in other countries unless you travel there. If you do travel, think about where you're going and with whom you've been corresponding there. Stop by their desk. Invite them to coffee. Bring them coffee in the morning when you come in for your meeting. I tell people this all the time. Never go to a half-day meeting at headquarters. If you live in Dallas and your company is headquartered in Kansas City, you don't fly into Kansas City at 10 in the morning for a noon meeting that ends at 5 and then fly home that night. Unless you're a single parent and it gives you an opportunity to avoid paying for extra childcare or whatever. If you can, you fly in the night before. And maybe you don't spend the extra night there, but you fly in the night before, if you can do it, if it's not problematic, you have dinner with somebody, the next morning you have breakfast, you go by and visit with a series of people, you have lunch with somebody, and then you walk into the meeting with somebody who works in the building. And if things work out, maybe have dinner too before you fly home. If not, if you need to get right home, that's fine. But that's how you do it. And I know you're thinking, I know what some of you are all thinking, well, that's not me. Well, okay. Do you want to be effective or do you want to be you or do you just want to stay where you are? You can choose personal preference, 
But in a case like this, the majority of people's personal preference is not the effective choice. And once you've done it a couple hundred times, take it from me, if you guys, those of you who have met me, many people say, Mark's a very outgoing, very friendly person. Guys, no, I'm not. That's <laughs> not me. I'm an engineer. I wasn't a high I. I'm a high D, high I in DISC. I wasn't a high I until I started working at Procter & Gamble in sales. And I discovered it was useful to be effective. Left to my own devices, I'm fairly much just a D. But I do it often, and I know it works, and that's who I am. We don't want to leave these types of things, these time, kinds of behaviors to the sales guys, right? People look at sales and they yeah. think they're just being them. They're just doing that because that's who they are, right? They know everybody. It's easy for them. Yeah. Right? Don't assume that just because you're not good at it at first means you can't do it. That whole not good at it, the whole not good at it and can't thing really ticks me off. Don't say can't. You can. You just don't like being bad at it. Right. And the way you get good at something is by doing it. Yeah. Right. What was it? Was it uh, Henry Ford who said, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Yeah. Either one. Yeah, he said Either a lot one. of other good things too. Yeah. Good. Next, you take this one. Talking about staying in touch, frequency yeah. matters. We're going to talk about how they're going to stay in touch once they've introduced themselves and they've started the relationship. You're going to give your direct some guidance on how to maintain the relationship. So it might sound like this. So it's not enough to just build relationships. We have to maintain our relationships too. Um, it's not enough to just introduce yourself or make the phone call. Relationships over time decay, just like margins, profits, and everything else. We have to stay in touch. So there's a couple of ways of doing this. There's a Manager Tools podcast that you can listen to. It's called Developing Your Network. And in there, they recommend you simply create a recurring reminder in Outlook or whatever task system, task management tool you use about every three or four months. And it basically says, stay in touch with John McDonald. If you've recently been in touch with him, you can just mark it done. When that task pops up, you can think, oh, I just talked to him saw him at Starbucks a week and a half ago, you can mark it done. Right. But if you haven't, if you haven't seen him or talked to him in a while, it's a reminder that for you to reach out in an email or a phone call and just ask him how things are. Ask if you can do anything for him or her. It takes less than two minutes to action. So David Allen from Getting Things Done, he would tell you, just do it now. Do it now. Two minutes. Get it done. That's the rule, yeah. For folks around us, Another way to do this is to just practice making detours to different folks' desks. So as you're way, on your way to a meeting, maybe you leave your cube or your desk a couple of minutes early. And on your way, think about who you haven't seen in a while. Go by their desk, say hello, see if they need anything. Tell them, hey, I'm making a coffee run. Do you want one too? Anytime you, you go out to run an errand, to go to Starbucks or to go grab lunch, check in and ask people, hey, I'm going anyway, what can I bring you back? Yeah, and I actually said this to a guy recently at a gigantic company in Silicon Valley. He says, Mark, I'm just really busy. I just have time to go get it for me. Oh, gosh. And I, I, I like, and this, was, this person was a low-level manager. I'm like, no, really? I mean, how much longer is it going to take to order two or three more coffees? It's going to be two or three minutes tops? And this from a person who happens to work at a company where everyone's late to every meeting. And I'm like, you're always late to things. What would two or three more minutes hurt you? Right. And you have a chance to build a relationship for two or three minutes. And you may very well be the only guy who does it. 
somebody would say, well, I got to tell you, you know, he's a pretty smart guy, but you know what? Every time he goes to Starbucks, he asks me if I want one. And by the way, he buys because he knows he makes more than me. Right? Yeah. Last week when I was in Germany for the conference, one of our attendees, the second day, came back from a break and he had two coffees from Starbucks and he, he came up to me and he said, uh, latte or caramel macchiato? Oh, he'd chosen two different ones. Yes. He was okay. And he was okay with both of them and he let you pick. Yep. Genius. And yeah. I was like, are you asking which one I want? Because I wasn't sure. And he was like, yeah. yes. And I said, I'll have the latte. And... I remember him. Robert, if you're listening, hi. Thank you. I will never forget him. If he ever emails me and asks me for something, I'm totally going to do it. So what's funny about that is in 25 years of presenting, starting long before Starbucks existed, no one's ever done that for me. So you must be nicer than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been four years and it's the first time yeah. for me. So. <laughs> All right, so you're gonna explain that to your direct, right? Explain to them that, look, this isn't currying favor. This is doing somebody a favor. Or put differently, it's just being a friend. It's just being a nice person. Yeah. And whether you believe it or not, there is an entire hidden economy here that's built on favors owed and favors paid. And yep. it's always, always a good idea to be on the plus side of that ledger, of that equation. And for you Americans, and I think there are a lot of Western Europeans who can appreciate this as well, if you want the ultimate example, pop culture example, non-pareal, the ultimate example of favors owed and favors paid, watch one of the quintessentially American seasonal movies of all time. I think it's in the top 100 movies ever made, at least in the English-speaking world. Uh, it's called It's a Wonderful Life, starred Jimmy Stewart. He gave and gave and gave and gave and gave. He did the right thing. He did the right thing. People liked him. He served, he served, he served. And then when the crap hit the fan, everybody stood in line. Stood in line to help him. Wired him money. They took up collections and so on. I just, I just tell you, I get, I get choked up talking about it. I know. I, get, I'm, I have goosebumps now just thinking about it. My son, Drake. I made him watch it a couple of years ago. He says, ah, you know, it's a wonderful life. You know, I heard it was kind of dorky or, you know, whatever I said. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and clearly he, you know, he had some friends who, who thought cynicism was cool. And by the way, if you're one of those people who think cynicism is cool, please don't try to become my friend because I'll discover pretty quickly and I just won't return your emails. Um, cynicism has never been cool. Okay. Cynicism, a form of nihilism, that nothing is important. And uh, sorry, we disagree. We believe trust and honor and integrity and kindness and so on. Um, and the golden rule are important. And uh, I made him watch it. And about two thirds of the way through, he's like, this is really good. I'm like, <laughs> and you're so surprised. Yeah. Okay, I'll take the next one, which is be trustworthy. The speech might continue like this, guys. Professional work relationships are not, believe it or not, mostly about who likes you. They're mostly about who trusts you. A lot of folks mistakenly think that uh, just being friendly, being nice, being outgoing are what it takes to have good relationships. And look, I'm not gonna kid you, that helps. There are some people who are naturally inclined to this stuff. But you also know the guys like that that are too far. They're always saying they know everybody, but they overpromise and then underdeliver, and they tend not to show up when things get gritty on a project at one in the morning. 
Um, so I encourage you to learn to say hello, to meet people, to introduce yourself, to not hang back, to engage, and then to stay in touch. All of that won't matter if you don't do what you say you're going to do. When folks whom you know ask for help, I encourage you to try really hard to say yes. And then once you've said yes, it's a near sacred obligation to follow through. For the record, it's actually better in the long run to decline a request if you can't follow through. So whenever you do say yes, they know you'll keep your word. Now, come on, guys, don't use that loophole to drive a truck through and use that as an excuse to go around saying no. We're all too busy, but I got to be honest, again, that's usually just an excuse. There's a great saying, which is, if you want something done, ask the person who's super busy. Right. They'll get it done. If you tell somebody you're going to do something, do it. If you promise and can't deliver it, own up to it and apologize and vow to do better. We earn trust by doing what we say we will do and being where we say we will be. Trustworthy is the ultimate compliment in relationships. Yeah. All right, you take the last one, reciprocation. It's not about giving, it's about getting. Or, I'm sorry, it's it's about giving, not it's getting. Not so, getting. <laughs> Freudian, Freudian slip. Ah. So, continuing, wrapping up the speech that we're giving to our directs. So, perhaps the biggest mistake that less experienced professionals make, including myself, when I was starting out, is thinking that developing relationships is really just all about knowing the right people. So you can get what you want, get where you want, right? You got to know the right people to get ahead. And I don't want you to just get to know people because they can do things for you, because they can make your life easier, because they can make your career or mentor you, right? That's right. not that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that this is all about building relationships so that you can get something out of it. That's wrong. Building relationships is about knowing other people and helping them. It's about giving, not getting. And if you set out to get, people are going to see that. They're going to see you coming from a mile away. Yep. And they're going to run the other direction as fast as they can. And you will never earn that trustworthy status because people know that people who only play to get never give to begin with. Yep. Um, and people know that and they won't want to have a relationship with you. They won't want to help you. Again, I, I think I said this earlier, you might find this economy uh, amongst professionals a little bit awkward. You might think, you know, life would be a lot easier if we just all came to, came to work and did our job. Um, but it's not. And wishing for this rational, non-emotional, non-personal world that you might think... <laughs> would be ideal is just, it's a complete fantasy. I mean, it right. just doesn't exist. Yeah. You're going to have to play. Well, actually, interesting, Danny. I think there are people who could say in their heads, I really don't want to, and so I'm not going to. The point is, you're not going to have to play. You are playing. And if you refuse to take action, you are losing. Right. And you better have something impressive. And I've been around a lot of impressive people in my life, but you better have something dang impressive, and I don't meet but maybe one person a year who has the kind of chops intellectually or in some other way that they can overcome a good robustness about being able to create and maintain relationships. It just doesn't work. Cool. I guess it, right? Yeah. Um, so look, guys, results and relationships both matter. You guys know it. Don't make your directs wait as long as you had. 
had to, to learn it, understand its power, and start acting on it. Help them start building their internal network. Start with their team first, and then grow it outside of the team, but inside the organization. Um, and then at that point, they'll probably be good enough and smart enough, they'll start doing it externally as well. And you'll be the guy or the gal who taught them the most important career lesson other than results, and it's results and relationships. Thanks, Danny. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Come back next week. More good stuff. Manager Tools. Every week. This podcast was produced by Manager Tools. Manager Tools creates actionable management guidance every single week. To receive additional materials via our newsletter and to find products for situations you may face as a manager or a professional, go to www.manager-tools.com. Search for Manager Tools on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thank you.